Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. And welcome in to another edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, presented by Flow Racing. I'm your host, Chris Wilner. As always, my cohort, Kyle Rickey from Killingly, Connecticut, up there in New England, joining us as well. Kyle, how are things going with you? Uh, countdown's on, I know, for Spring Sizzler. I heard the lawnmower in the background. Are we getting things prepped and ready? I don't know why it's, it's lawn care day here, because it's 27 <laughs> degrees outside. Although it is sunny, uh, for the first time in a couple days, it's not raining. But, yeah, we're getting ready to go. Uh, we're on a warming trend, so they say, uh, for the end of the week. Uh, the Thompson Speedway up the road in Thompson, Connecticut, opens up with the icebreaker this weekend. And that means just a couple of weeks away from the Spring Sizzler at Stafford, the 50th running of that great event for the Modified. So we're about to, to get into uh, high gear up here in, in New England uh, when it comes to short track racing, least, finally. Yeah, finally, seriously. At least you got some warmth up in Coda. How was your trip with the Motor Racing Network, and did you get some barbecue? Please tell me you did. Uh, I did not get any barbecue. <sighs> a couple of folks on the network did. Um, I'm not a barbecue guy. I'm That's not, right. You're I just mean, a McDonald's guy. Get him a cheeseburger, and he's good. I was on the Kurt Becker plan. I walked into the hotel lobby, and <laughs> I was starving, and Kurt standing there waiting for his room but he has a, a bag of burger king and Ooh. it had enough food in it for half the hotel uh, and uh, he was in for the night once he got his room he was in he wasn't going to dinner he was hungry and that was his lunch and dinner um, took that I did not sack up that. there buckled in and started eating I did not. Yeah, he did. I didn't follow that route. Um, I went out with the boys. Uh, I forget where we went, uh, but but it wasn't Burger King. It was a little little higher. I'm proud of, you. That, proud of you. Thank you. But it was a good weekend. Windy, uh, very windy. I was out in the turn, um, not on the big tower, but on a, a scissor lift out in turn 11. And I mean, there were some race calls. We were talking before the show where you get halfway through a call and you lose your breath because you have. You're, I mean, you're talking into a wind tunnel, yeah. um, and I had never really experienced that before, um, but it, it was different, but the racing was great. Uh, the weather outside of the wind was great. Uh, overall, a good weekend at the Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, you guys did a great job, certainly, as always, on the Motor Racing Network. Uh, lots of racing when it comes to NASCAR, roots racing, and short track racing all around the country. We we talk about the Arc Menard Series. The West Series was in action this past weekend at Irwindale, which is one of my favorite racetracks of all time out there uh, just west or east of Los Angeles. And a 16-year-old whooped on him, led every single lap, including winning the pole, and that's Tanner Reif. And he did a heck of a job dominating for his, his series win. I think it was the first race since 2020 for car owner Bob Rucati, too. So uh, a big weight lifted off Bob's shoulders. But that was a pretty awesome race for the young 16-year-old. 
And we were wondering, coming out of Phoenix, where we didn't have a lot of series regulars up toward the top of the leaderboard, we, we were wondering who would emerge from the West and run for this championship. And it looks like it's going to be another year of Bob Brancati and his two drivers with Jake Drew and Tanner Reif and Bill McAnally with his drivers, Cole Moore and Austin Herzog, all finishing in the top four. Uh, Moore was second, Herzog was third, Jake Drew was fourth, and Paul Pedrincelli Jr. rounded out the top five in his family team. I look for those two powerhouses to once again, and it seems like we've been talking about them for about a decade now, to to run for the championship. But good for Tanner, uh, 16 years old in the second series start, uh, and to have a, a dominating run like that after having a mid-pack finish at the Phoenix Raceway. I believe he finished 16th a couple of weeks back out in Phoenix to open the season. So it'll be interesting to see now if he can keep up that momentum uh, in the Kern County. And then I think the real test, and we lose sometimes lose sight of this, is the road racing uh, yeah. aspect of this series. They go to Portland the first week in June. They go to Sonoma the second week in June. Uh, not only you want to run well, but you just want to survive. And a lot of big names have lost championships these last few years because they can't get through the road racing uh, part of the schedule. And uh, those two weeks in early summer are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's a discipline that continues to grow on all levels of NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, so certainly you're going to have to learn one way or the other. So uh, the Arkham Menard series, series is certainly one way to do so. Uh, we talked about the dominating run for Tanner, but it, it came down to a late race restart because Jake Drew and Trevor Huddleston got into it. Some tempers after the race, you know, Jake Drew, you just mentioned a guy we expect to challenge for the championship. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, the Bill McAnally duo doing a great job as well, getting their career best finishes. Uh, but also want to know, it's pretty cool. There was a mom daughter first time ever starting the Arkham Menard series. And I'm talking about Sarah Burgess and Bridget Burgess uh, didn't go the way they wanted to in the race, but Mom, daughter, that's got to be pretty special uh, to both be in Arkham Menard Series competition at the same time. And they're like best friends. And if you've ever yeah. met them, you would never know their mother, daughter. You would think they're like sisters. almost like sister, sister. Yeah. I mean, um, and I talked to a little bit with both of them at the, the Phoenix Raceway a, a couple of weeks ago. And they were excited about that opportunity. And you're right. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I love the video of Bridget um, on social media at the autograph session. Uh, I think she she was signing a young fan's forehead, and uh, she she wasn't expecting that at the autograph session. But uh, yeah, great personality, uh, relatively uh, a new driver to the West Series, um, follower on 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 Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, she's a fun follow, and uh, you know her and mom. Uh, hopefully, we'll see them more together on track together uh, down the road. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Taudig and Knight. Sure, ma'am, I'd love to sign your baby. It's like, you'll just sign whatever, but uh, that's awesome. And, and and to put a bow on it, too, I think Elio Castroneves was paying attention because Tanner climbed the fence. He actually put his interview on pause, went and climbed the fence at Irwindale. Uh, so the 16-year-old certainly taking a page out of one of the legends in Elio Castroneves and climbing the fence. That was pretty special to watch, too. It always makes me nervous. Uh, I guess the young kids can do it. But, boy, when you get you know six, seven steps up, um, don't slip. And uh, Noah Gregson did it years ago at, at Stafford, yeah. uh, my home track up here. He won a, what was then the, the K and N East race and climbed the fence. And the, you know, it, it's a, it's a smaller mesh fence. And I wasn't sure if he knew, you know, you don't get the grip like you do at, at some of the bigger racetracks. And, uh, 
it always makes me nervous, but glad it worked out for Noah on that <laughs> night. Glad it worked out for Tanner. Uh, always a fun celebration. Nobody can do it like Castro Nevis, though. Nope, nope. Hands down the goat when it comes to climbing fences, that's for sure. The next uh, K&N, or excuse me, the Arkham and Art Series West Race is going to be coming up on Saturday, April the 23rd. You can watch that live on Flow. That's at the Kern County Speedway, Kern County 150. That's 10 o'clock Eastern. And again, another late start. That's what happens when races are on the West Coast. But there will be a tape yep. delay on USA Network on April 29th. Uh, more short track racing, a little bit closer to my neck of the woods. Second annual Georgia Spring Nationals at Cordell. The Southern Super Series taking on uh, Cordell and Bubba Pollard. I think the headline was like, comeback continues through Cordell. You know, Bubba was at a point last year where he was like, sometimes I just would leave the racetrack, you know, after qualifying, want to load it up and just go on to the next one. Just wasn't happy with the performance of that 26. But lately, he's been on a roll in 2022, already big race wins, whether it was New Smyrna, uh, Citrus County, and now picking up the Georgia Spring Nationals, Kyle. I say he's found his groove back, right? Yeah, he's back. Um, he's back. You mentioned three big wins already with the red eye and, and new Smyrna and, and this past weekend and, and beat some of the best in doing it. Jet Nolan, Daniel die. Um, I, I'm not, I, I mean, was he ever really gone? I know he struggled a little bit, but he faded um, back a little bit and had to get around Daniel die. I think with like under a hundred to go. So it wasn't but, a walk in the park, but I think he flexed his muscles when he needed to. But just in general, I mean, yeah. I feel like we've always talked about Bubba Pollard. I know oh, he sure. had some struggles, but I guess everybody does. I mean, you're not going to win every race, but uh, great, great. I mean, it's run Bubba for him Pollard this past standards, right? Like, I think he never That's left, true. but it's just you're used to hearing his name winning races week in and week out. And so when you're suddenly getting top five instead of podiums or wins, to some, that's you're struggling. Now, for me, I'd be through the moon because, you know, I'm not on Bubba Pollard standards at all, not even close. So, but th- it is cool to see kind of that resurgence of him. He had his super fan there. I don't know if you saw uh, Matt Weaver on Twitter was posting, like, this guy goes to every race Bubba's in and he waves his hat every lap, cheers him on. So, uh, there's a little Bubba Pollard mojo back for sure. Three wins, two runners up in the first three months of the season, I'd say. He's uh, liking where he's at. He's back in mm-hmm. 2022. He is liking where he's at indeed, and I'm sure there's going to be more Bubba Pollard chatter before we uh, we get to the summer months. I know there's a lot of big events uh, coming up here in the next few weeks, and I'm sure uh, sure we'll be talking about him. Um, we're gonna, we've already talked a lot about him, as you mentioned. You mentioned Jet Nolan second, Daniel Dye third. That rounds out your podium. Daniel Dye, again, for a second straight week, led laps at Phoenix in the Arc Menard series, came up short with a late race you know, decision to run the top instead of the bottom on the restart, bit him you know, for the win. Here was running toe-to-toe, had the lead under 100 laps to go, kind of gave it away. I feel like his time's coming, and when Daniel Dye starts winning, I think he'll get on a roll. You said it best. Uh, once once it clicks, um, and, and once you know he gets that first checkered flag of the year, he's going to pick up a bunch of them. It's just a matter of getting that first one so close at Phoenix. Uh, if, and I, I still think if it wasn't for that caution or green, was it the green came out, and then the caution came out, yeah. and then the green came back out. If it wasn't for that, and that felt like that kind of disrupted his race. At Phoenix, uh, if it wasn't for that, I think we'd been talking about him in victory lane. And uh, nice to see him running back up front here uh, a couple of weeks later. Southern Super Series, as far as the super late models, April 8th and 9th at Five Flags. They also had the pro late models in an absolute barn burner. I mean, I watched the replay like four or five times because 
just the runs at the end and the maneuver just was absolutely stellar as Justin South wins. Gio Ruggiero got to the inside off of four. They were banging fenders at the line. And uh, early leader in the clubhouse for uh, best finish of the year, I think, especially on the pro late model side, uh, goes to Justin South. His first win since the 2017 Baby Rattlers. So, you know, that one meant a lot for him for sure. And you mentioned Gio a second ago. Gio Ruggiero uh, from my neck of the woods up here in the Northeast. Keep an eye on him as well. I think uh, another one of those drivers where when he gets that first, it's gonna, they're going to click off, uh, and good to see him running up front down there. Smart Modifieds in action at Caraway, the Warrior 99 as well this past weekend. Caleb Hetty and the Hirschman streak. Oh, my God. We wondered last week when it was going to happen. <laughs> well, we didn't have to wait too long, really, as Caleb picked up the win for Tommy Baldwin, a legendary car owner, as we've documented over the course of, of, of this show. Uh are we surprised, or was it like, okay, Matt Hirschman has some kryptonite, or he, he is uh, living, I guess. He's not immortal, right? So are we, were we really surprised, or I don't know, or, or are we, I guess? I was a little surprised watching it live because yeah. Caleb had older tires on the last restart by, like, a lot, by, like, a third of the race over the rest of the field. They pitted way early took their tires and went the rest of the way. And, and there were a lot of late race cautions and you, it's like, all right, how many restarts can you really hold sure. off Burt Myers and Bobby Labonte and Matt Hirschman and Brian Lofton, all of these uh, big names in Southern modified racing, uh, all successful names in motorsports. talking about Bobby as a former NASCAR champion and, and he did it, and he did it with a team uh, that has found a lot of success these last couple of years. You know, Mike Christopher Jr. picked up a big win at Stafford a couple of years ago with Tommy Baldwin. Jimmy Blewett back in that ride this weekend at the Richmond Raceway. So, uh, you know, they've been to victory lane a lot. They've found a lot of success. So it doesn't it didn't totally surprise me, but, you know, it was just a matter of getting through those final restarts, which he did. And Hirschman settled for fourth. Bobby Labonte, a good podium run. He's been in the top five the first couple races of the Smart Modified Tour season. He's a competitor. You know, don't mind his age or what his accolades were on the NASCAR side of things. The guy wants to win, and I think he's getting closer there with a third-place finish. Burt Myers, your runner-up. Uh, also had the Cars uh, cars Tour, late model stocks, pro late models at Hickory, just up the road from me right here in Concord, North Carolina. It wasn't the Quapple show that we saw round number one at Caraway. But the Quapples did lead both the late model stock and pro late models with the championship lead. So they were right there in the hunt. But in the pro late models, Minnesota teenage sensation William Saltwich led every lap from the pole. His second career pro late model win. Good to see a, another young gun kind of beginning to really make his name in, in, in short track racing. And and did well later in the day in, in the late model race. Finished in the top five. Uh, William picking up his first career win. From the pole, held off Caden Quapple and Luke Fenhaus. Again, two more big names. Obviously, Caden found success a couple of weeks back. Luke is always a front runner, no matter where uh, where he's running. So, uh, yeah, William, relatively new name, but uh, you know, getting wasting little time getting into the spotlight. And not a bad person to have in your corner, Dennis Setzer, either. A legend Whoa. at Hickory, a NASCAR, obviously, legend in terms of his own driving. But to have him in Williams' corner, I'm sure, spoke volumes to kind of getting him up to speed at such a young age. And, you know, just to, you know his first really big Cars Tour win and first trip to Hickory, let alone. 
obviously Dennis, a short track legend uh, in the South and, and found so much success in NASCAR's national series as well. So you're right. There's not many folks left out there that I'd want in my corner with as much uh, seat time and as much knowledge of the sport than Dennis Setzer. And then in the late model stocks, veteran Chad McCumbie. That's a name we haven't gotten to talk about a lot. Former Camping World Truck Series regular. Wins his first race uh, in the duel with Carson Quapple. So, again, Quapple was right there as well. Uh, but Chad McCumbie, you know, what a comeback story, you know, to kind of have your run at NASCAR, go back to the short yep. tracks. And, I mean, he, he really put on a good show there at Hickory this past weekend. He did. And, uh, you know, got out front, led, I think, every lap from the pole again, uh, you know, start out front, stayed in front of the trouble. And there was quite a bit of trouble behind him over the course of that race, a, a big field of cars. I think 26 took the green flag. So not that many finished. Um, but <laughs> yeah, nice to hear from Chad McCombie. Well, he was a movie star years ago, too, wasn't yeah. he? Didn't he play Dale he, Earnhardt? He did. Uh, he, or he played Junior in a movie. Uh, that was it. He yeah. played Dale Jr. I forget the name of the movie, so that's going to bug me. But, yeah, I mean, he does everything, right? So good to see him pick up the win. Again, Carson Quapple leaves uh, Hickory with the points lead. So it's still Caden and, and, and Carson leading the points of the Cars Tour uh, after after Hickory. couple interesting races as we tie a bow on what happened last week. I do want to mention the Heat 2 Strong Race against Cancer that happened at Goodyear All-American Raceway over the past week in the Carolina Mini Stock Challenge. We don't get to talk about them a lot. But Robert Strimska rebounded late after fading early to win Saturday, passing Chuck Wall to four to go. Now, his spotter is Chris Hitu, the son of Ronnie, who the race is named after. Ronnie, uh, the late Ronnie Smith, or Ronnie Hitu, uh, suffered and passed away from cancer last year. So, kind of a full circle moment to be on the winning team of your father's you know, memorial race. And certainly, uh, that had to have been emotional for sure. That's one feel-good story from the weekend. I have another yeah. before we... We go to the break. Evergreen Speedway, Pro Late Models. Uh, Naima Lang, after suffering a, a massive hit, uh, and the video, I think, is out there from Tri-City Raceway a couple uh, months ago, back in October, uh, broke his leg, um, I think uh, fractured some ribs, uh, cracked some ribs. That was at Tri-County. Came back this past week, first race back uh, at Evergreen's opening night. Picked up the race win, so it, it was a... a Cool moment to see him back in victory lane after a a, a long off season of recovering. It's it's a lot harder uh, when you're 52 years old to recover from those type of injuries. I don't I, the bounce back rate yeah isn't what it is for 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 him as it is for a lot of these young kids that we talk to uh, week in and week out here on the show. So uh, good for Nima to pick up the race win, holding off uh, Chad Fitzpatrick and uh, young Haley Constance getting a podium finish in the season opener for the Pro Late Models at Evergreen Speedway. They race again in a couple of weeks' time on April 16th. Yeah, I think I read that article, too. He said his hands were shaking going out for the first time, just trying to stay away from the raw. What an incredible story. Congratulations to him. Uh, Two news and notes before we hit the break and visit with a special guest here on the show. The first is, uh, well, the Southern Super Series postponed uh, their Southern National Raceway Park uh, event on April 23rd. Tire shortages have becoming an issue that's affected them, maybe a little bit more some so than others, and also uh, you know a little bit of a schedule date conflict too. So for those looking forward to that, yep. it is going to be rescheduled. We don't know when just yet, but we will in a little bit. Also, uh, Kyle, a bounty I think I'm hearing from Brad May at New Smyrna. So it turns out Robert Hart just said, you know what, I'm sick and tired of – Freaking Brad May winning, so I'm going to put $1,000 to whoever can beat him cleanly. That was the keyword, cleanly, at New Smyrna. If whoever beats him this year uh, in the series can 
get an extra thousand bucks. So I may try to find a ride because I could use the money. What about you? Could you beat him though? And I don't. And not, not too many people have cleanly been able to beat no him at his home racetrack. <laughs> cleanly no. I could probably find a way to you know snooker him out of there a little bit, but he wouldn't be too happy with me. But I thought that was really cool. Uh, and the fi- last but certainly not least though, the um, last week twenty twenty two, Alan Quickly Kowicki driver development finalist were announced. A big big. Uh, driver development program, kind of a scholarship as well. Uh, the seventh year that they've done this in honor of Allen. Uh, the seven racers uh, representing six different states. They're all young from 18 to 22, really getting started in their careers. Uh, we'll go through the list, and there, there's some really good names in there. Jackson Boone from Franklin, Tennessee, a pro late model driver. Jacob Notstad from Stoughton, Wisconsin. Another Washington driver, Spokane, from Hay- uh, is Haley Plyben. Kate Ray from Harrison, Maine, upcoming past super late, or late model driver. Ethan uh, Shockdo was in there. Riley Stengem from Utica, Wisconsin. And Napa, California's Dylan Zampa, a pro late model driver, all named as finalists for this year. Again, they'll compete throughout the year. Uh, for for prize money, I think the total is seven times. Keep the number seven theme here for Allen. Seven yeah. times the seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars stipend that you get as a finalist. So fifty-four thousand dollars plus up for grabs as well, uh, and a unique trophy. So really cool opportunity for young racers. Uh, Kyle, I mean everything helps in racing, right? And this program's not only giving you a little stipend for your career, some sponsorship help, marketing that'll do wonders if you're eighteen trying to break in the field. Oh, absolutely. Um, and this has been a great program developed by uh, Tom Roberts, uh, TR, as we know him in, in the garage. A great guy. He's been around for decades. Was Alan Kowicki's PR guy. Uh, hard to believe, 30 years ago wow. uh, when Kowicki won the championship in 1992 in the NASCAR. Uh, was the year was I was the born, Winston Kyle, because I just celebrated my 30th birthday. <laughs> That's crazy, because uh, I remember watching every race that year and, and watching Alan's comeback from when he crashed at Dover, when he was, you know, 200 points behind Bill Elliott and, and making his way uh, back to in contention at Atlanta on that uh, cool November day. So, yeah, these young drivers, uh, you know, three, three decades later, um, continuing to benefit uh, in, in Allen's memory. And uh, I look forward to talking to one of them here coming up in just a few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk to Kate Ray from Harrison, Maine, up in your neck of the woods in New England, a young up-and-coming driver. And, you know, we mentioned this is their first big opportunity on a national stage to get some recognition. We're going to put her to the media test, see how she does in an interview. Uh, we'll we'll give her a grade, hopefully, maybe a little bit later. But uh, Kate Ray is coming up next. Again, one of the Alan Kowicki driver development uh, finalists here for 2022. She's on the line next, and we'll be right back here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. You can subscribe today at flowracing.com. Joining us now here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing is the new Kawiki Driver Development Finalist, one of the seven for 2022. Her name is Kate Ray. She's from Harrison, Maine, all the way up in New England. Kate, thanks for joining us. I know it's been a busy start to your season, but what's it? Uh, what, what's this last week or so been like after the announcements of being a, a Driver Development Finalist for the Kawiki program? And obviously you're off and running in your own racing career. So what's the last couple weeks been like? Well, thanks for having me. The past couple weeks have been pretty busy, especially getting back from Hickory, North Carolina uh, a couple weeks ago, well, a week ago almost. 
from racing the past race for the Easter Bunny. Um, quite a few interviews within the past week. It's just been crazy. <laughs> and before we talk about the racing, I know you're fresh off a, uh, a banquet, the 2020-2021 Pass All-Star uh, Series Banquet. I'm not going to speak for Chris, but I know I'm not the type that likes to go to banquets and get all dressed up in ties and suits and stuff. Uh, how was your time? Did you, did you enjoy those kind of events, Kate? I'm not a whole personally involved with like the dressing up kind of stuff. I kind of like the jeans and the t-shirt more than anything, but uh, we had a lot of fun. It felt good to capitalize uh, the past two seasons on the tour. As long as you're comfortable, I, that's totally fine with me. I like to dress up every once in a while, but hey, to each his own. Uh, do notice the trophies behind you though. So is I'm assuming that's just a small representation of all the hardware you've collected. What do you got behind you? Uh, the trophies behind me are mostly go-kart and past modified trophies. Um, all of my Pro All-Star Series banquet trophies are in there as well. Mostly championship trophies. The rest of our trophies are at the shop. A couple of very successful years in the past tour, eighth two years ago, fourth uh, last year in the championship standings. Uh, how comfortable are you getting to be in those style race cars? Obviously a heavy race car at some of these racetracks, not only in, in the Northeast, but now down South. Yeah, most definitely. I've gotten super comfortable over the past couple of years. Going into Hickory this uh, couple weekends ago, I felt super comfortable. It felt like I never missed a beat from the end of last season to the beginning of this season. So uh, after those two iffy runs, I'm looking forward to this weekend at Thompson to see what we can do. So you travel around, you run all these different racetracks. What's been the biggest challenge for you is like your career really takes off in the, in the past series and obviously, you know, working your way up the ladder. What's been the biggest challenge for you, especially, you know, going from somebody in go-karts to running now these bigger tracks? I mean, what's, what's I guess, the most challenging aspect of that transition? Something the most challenging it has been is having to listen and lean on so many different people. I kind of like to do things my own way and just do how I want to do it. And in these kind of cars, I can't. I need to listen to people, take in as much information as I can. And it's a huge learning process that I have to understand. So there's a lot of full-body veteran drivers in the past tour. Uh, are you able to lean on guys like a Joey Pole and Eddie McDonald, the DJ Shaw that, that you see week in and week out that have been around this business for, for decades and their families have been around it for longer? Uh, I looked up a lot to Ben Rowe uh, and Derek Griffith, especially Derek has kind of taken me under his wing and helped guide me through the past two years. He's helped me improve my driving style, any questions I may have had, and he helped me a lot throughout the quickie program. And I can't thank him enough. And speaking of the, well, now the Kawiki Driver Development Program that you're named a finalist for, what does that mean to you? I mean, if you look at the names that have been a part of it in the past, the pedigree that comes with it, the opportunity that comes with being a finalist and getting aid and sponsorship development, and you get a little stipend at the beginning to help with, you know, racing and things like that. What, what does that mean to you personally to be a part of it? Well, to be honest with you, when the semi-finalist list came out of the top 16, I was not expecting to see my name on that list whatsoever. It was kind of just Derek's like, hey, fill this out when it comes out. And that was basically it. I filled it out and I wasn't expecting to be that top 16. And then I get the call from Alan Dietz uh, the Monday after Hickory saying, hey, you're one of the finalists. I was honestly so shocked. Um, I love racing with a dedication behind me, a reason behind me. 
So racing for Allen is something that's going to push me even more to do my best uh, week in and week out. It just gives me more drive and a more com competition aspect, if you will. Tom Roberts, who was Alan Kowicki's PR rep during the 1992 Cup Series season, does a great job with this program. One of the nicest guys uh, you'll ever meet in the industry. Been around a long time. Uh, after after uh, we lost Alan, he moved on and did P PR work for Team Penske. So glad to see the program such a success and uh, want to wish you the best of luck when we look forward to, to that program in the coming weeks. But I want to talk about the big tracks. Uh, you got Thompson coming up. You have New Hampshire coming up. You said in a recent interview, you like big track racing. What is it about your comfort level at, at these bigger racetracks here in New England? I really don't know. I just have taken to the big track so easily. Um, my first time at Thompson, I never saw the track before and brought a brand new car to me there. Never driven it before, never even started it before. Um, and it was my first time at Thompson and in that car. And I was able to finish a strong 10th place finish my first top 10 actually in a super and then we went back the uh, last spring for the icebreaker another brand new car um and i unfortunately put it in the turn one wall in practice day um on lap 32 which was a heartbreaker for sure i broke my thumb but i didn't want to give up that weekend so i my car i ran at hickory last year i never saw until race day at thompson last spring and um it was just a quick switch the cars over and I went out for practice racing with a broken thumb. It was pretty uncomfortable, but I didn't want to let my team down and anyone else that was looking at me that weekend to let them down. So I wanted to keep going. Um, we went back to Thompson last fall with that car I put in the wall after it got fixed and we improved our confidence level. My first time at Loudon, which is the big mile magic mile up in New Hampshire, was last spring as well. And I just absorbed so much information that weekend. I decided to step, uh, take a few steps back and start last in our heat race, just so I felt comfortable and wasn't putting anyone else at risk, understanding the draft and everything like that at that big of a track. And we went from like 17th or 18th to like a 10th or 11th place finish, which was huge for us for our first time being there. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to the bigger tracks this month of April and see what we can do then. So what's what's the biggest difference between running a short track and a big track? Do things slow down a little bit on the big tracks because you have more time down the straightaways? Or I guess put it perspective for those of us that haven't had that opportunity to, to race on a big track versus a short track. What are the differences that you see you feel behind the wheel? Well, the bigger tracks, you feel a lot of the tugging and pulling with the arrow down the straightaways and other cars around you. Um, the windshield for me was a huge adjustment because it does rattle things, rattle, make noise just cause it's so much bigger. You're going a little bit faster, but for me, the smaller, like the five eights compared to the mile, um, the five eights felt faster to me than the mile, but things happen a lot quicker compared to the short tracks, um, and a lot faster. So at Oxford for say, we're going just about a hundred at Thompson. We might be going 130, 140. So it's a huge adjustment just from the get-go. Absolutely. The speed difference at uh, all those facilities and, and the perception of speed, I guess, is sometimes what, what drivers don't expect that when they're, you know, get behind the wheel for the first time. Kate, what other plans do you have this year? We've talked a lot about pass. Uh, what else is on your schedule or, or you hope to be on your schedule as we get into the summer months up here in New England and all these other tracks and sanctioning bodies come to life for the new season? 
Well, this year is I'm going to embrace on my own journey. I am going to step away from running a point season this year, um, which will be my first season doing so. I'm really looking forward to hitting some races on the Granite State Pro Stock Series schedule, as well as the Motor Mountain Masters at Jennerstown. Um, maybe some weekly shows at Lee USA Speedway, as well as the 10,000 to win with Granite State there. Um, I would really like to hit uh, Nashville uh, Fairground Speedway for the All-American 400 with the Pro Late Models. And another really big track on our bucket list is ending the season at the Snowball Derby for the Snowflake 100 in Pensacola, Florida. Wow, the that's full so- season right there, Chris. Yeah, I was gonna say that just hit, just check off all the big ones here. I love that, you know. And, and it's and it's always interesting to talk to drivers that transition out of running for a track championship or a points championship to kind of doing what you're gonna be doing this year. Really, that's just gonna help, you know, the growth of your driving ability is is running with the best at every different racetrack and with these big kind of, um, you know, big time races. So that's really awesome. And and my last question for you. We talked to Tony Bridinger, you know, one of this huge wave of female drivers coming in, and they kind of talk about having that, embracing that challenge, that responsibility of kind of leading this next generation, this this female, you know, wave into the in the into the driver's seat. How have you embraced that? I mean, you've already have all kinds of accolades and firsts, you know, in your career, but how have you, you know, embraced it in in your career so far? Well, I really don't like to take the female aspect into my program or my driving style what we're doing here at Kate Ray Motorsports I like to say that I'm just like everyone else um I don't like to be the standout but I like to be the standout in way of doing things my own way um I feel like people take the female aspect to a different level saying she can't do this because she's a female this everything that goes along with that so I kind of just like to stand in the background and just be there like everyone else is for the same reason and to get those first place finishes. Absolutely. Just put your helmet on just like everybody else and, and show them who's boss, right? <laughs> Most definitely. And Alan Kowicki said the same thing almost 30 years ago. He yeah. wanted to win races and ultimately the cup his way. And, and he did just that. And uh, Kate, sounds like you got the same mentality going into 2022 and uh, look forward to seeing you. At Thompson this weekend for the icebreaker, a big, uh, big weekend for you guys, especially on Saturday with your feature event. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Kate, so much. Best of luck to you. Hopefully we'll get to catch up uh, during the rest of the season and, and good luck with the Kawiki driver development program. I know there's a lot of, you know, evaluations and things throughout the season and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Kay Ray joining us from all the way in Maine, a past series regular, as well as the Alan Kowicki Driver Development finalist for 2022. Always good to catch up with her. We'll be right back on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing after this. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Just heard from Kate Ray. Kyle, she was pretty good for a real big first interview here. I know she doesn't get a lot of media exposure, just kind of breaking onto the scene in the past series, but uh, she's a well-spoken young lady. Very well-spoken. and I've talked to her, I think, one other time at Thompson last year, and very quiet. I think she was nervous. <laughs> um, and she talked about Of course, the we're all nervous talking had. to you, Kyle. We're all nervous talking yeah, to you. Yeah, well... Well, I'm just nervous about getting in the car, getting on track. You know, it's it's the biggest short track we have here 
um, in New England. Obviously, she'll, roll, she'll run New Hampshire Motor Speedway as well. But uh, very well-spoken young lady. I look forward to, to chatting with her up at the Icebreaker this coming weekend when the, the past when the past cars take over Thompson on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll just transition right into it. Our calendar looking forward to this weekend. Lots of racing. Kyle just mentioned Icebreaker Weekend, the 48th annual event Pro All-Star Series is there. Uh, it's a doubleheader Saturday, Sunday. Outlaw Open Modifieds, if I read this correctly, 10000 to win for 125 laps. Sign me up. Tour-type Modifieds, um, and a lot of the teams from the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, we'll talk about them in a moment, uh, but a lot of those teams are going to make trek up to the Thompson Speedway following their race on Friday night. Uh, I think they're going to practice on Saturday, have some track time Saturday before their 125-lap event on Sunday. Yeah, a lot of money on the line. We, we're expecting a lot of, uh, of a lot of the big guns to be in the field on Sunday afternoon. But a busy weekend for, for Modifieds and a lot of options. We have Richmond. We have Smart Modifieds at South Boston. Yeah. And then, then the open race at Thompson. So uh, teams are going to have to pick and choose. And if they elect to do all three, uh, that could be a, a fun little uh, vlog. For, for the teams involved. I was going to say, uh, I hope somebody does just so I can follow along because that is a grind, let me tell you what. But, yeah, that, the Icebreaker at Thompson, one of the oldest, uh, New England's oldest modified races, too, that you could watch the coverage live on Racing America Saturday and Sunday. Kyle mentioned Smart Modified Tour as well. South Boston, the Flying VA 99, honoring the heritage of Southern Modified Racing. Mr. Modified Ray Hendrick is actually going to be honored there during that weekend. So a really special event for Modified Racing. South Boston just opened their season last week. So uh, really, really cool uh, to have that event there. And Smart Modified Tour is really taken off. Now, Matt Hirschman... You know, he's he's not in the field at Richmond, so I wonder if he's going to make his trip there or maybe go to the icebreaker. I think uh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't talked to Matt this week, but I have a feeling he's going to go to the Smart Modified Race. Um, Try to go for, so much three success. for three, right? He's, or f- not, well, f- three for four. Three for he four, finished yeah. fourth last week. Yeah. Um, Bobby Labonte, uh, you know, I think he could be the feel-good story of the, of the weekend. Um Found success there in the old NASCAR Bush Series decades ago at South Boston Speedway. So I think going back there now in a modified, he could be one to beat. Obviously, Burt Myers, um, you know, Brian Lofton had a good top five run last week. We talked about him earlier in the show. So going to be a good show. Um, no matter who's there, uh, you'll get the, the, the big Southern names there on Saturday night. And I uh, look forward to watching it. Absolutely. And then to kind of wrap up what's going on in the modified world, it's the granddaddy of them all, at least for so far in 2022, besides the opener at New Smyrna, which was pretty awesome. The NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour hits Richmond Raceway. The Virginia's for Racing Lovers 150 as part of the NASCAR Weekend up at Richmond. The three-quarter mile action-packed. Uh, we came back there for the first time in 20 years last year in the fall for the NASCAR Weekend. Ryan Priest picked up the win. It was very popular. I know it's been on everyone's mind to get modifieds back to Richmond You know, since 2002 to last year and then obviously picking things up with this year. It should be no different. should be an excellent race. And uh, all eyes will be on Justin Bonsignor, the three-time and defending tour champion, 32nd at New Smyrna. I think shocked everybody. Does he rebound this weekend? Had an overheating issue to start the season at New Smyrna, so that means he is very deep in the championship standings and has had the better of two months to think about it. 24th last year at Richmond, had an early drive shaft issue, issue. so he doesn't have a lot of laps at Richmond Raceway. That, uh, that mechanical issue took place early on last year 
in Richmond in September. So uh, went on to win the championship, cost them a, a few points, but not enough to lose the title. So hopefully the defending champ can bounce back. You mentioned Ryan Priest, not in the field. He's going to focus his efforts on the NASCAR Xfinity Series on Saturday night. No Doug Kobe in the field uh, because he is uh, going to run a part-time schedule this year, his next event at Stafford in a couple of weeks. No, we don't think no Matt Hirschman in the field. Uh, we right. actually know no Matt Hirschman in the field. We think he was going to be at uh, South Boston. So, yeah, keep an eye on Justin Monsignor. Keep an eye on Bobby Santos uh, running that 44 Tineo Motorsports car. Always strong when uh, that team goes to the bigger racetracks. Uh, Bobby very comfortable there. He's always been comfortable there, no matter whether it's in a USAC Silver Crown car or a USAC Sprint car or a modified has several checkered flags at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, a track that you could probably compare easiest to Richmond in a modified. So uh, Bobby's another one of my favorites, and I like uh, Donnie Leah coming back to the NASCAR modified tour for the first time in five years. We haven't seen Donnie since 2017. We'll be driving Old Blue, number three, for the Bowler Racing family. So, again, a, a driver that found a lot of success in New Hampshire in, in his championship years and in his heyday coming back very comfortable at, at these bigger racetracks. So I look forward to seeing Donnie uh, at the front of the field as well. Yeah, and I think John McKennedy and Ronnie Williams could be up there as well. They both finished on the yeah. podium in last year's event, so we know that they have speed to get to the end. But it's 150 laps, uh, 110000 in prize money total. So, I mean, there's a lot on the line here. So it's not a, a, a schlub race. Like, you bring your best stuff and, and you show out because there's NASCAR teams watching. Uh, the stands should be packed because for you know Richmond race weekends always you know a popular event for those on the East Coast to come down make a big weekend out of it and of course you can listen to that live on the Motor Racing Network at 6:30 p.m. Eastern time on MRN. It's also will be live on Flow Racing uh, USA tape delay on the USA Network uh, back on April the 9th. So pretty cool event. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. Um, I didn't get to watch last year's return. But I heard rave reviews, so I'm uh, I've got that circled uh, of what I'm doing on Friday night. Thirty-one cars on the entry list. It's a good field. Ron Silk, another former uh, champion, uh, going going to be in the field. You mentioned John McKennedy. I think Eric Goodale could be a sleeper after a runner-up finish at uh, New Smyrna in February. Although he has what four, six wins to his credit. I'm not sure if Eric's much of a sleeper anymore, there. but. But, uh, yeah, he'll be, he, he should be up toward the front of the field as well. So a lot of, lot of folks looking to, to fill that uh, Ryan Priest void this weekend, and uh, it's going to be well-deserving whoever can get to the checkered flag first. Yep, doors wide open, 6.30 once again on Friday night on MRN. Uh, speaking of icebreakers, Nashville Fairgrounds is going to thaw out for the first time in 2022 and open their season opener with the 100, can you believe it, 118 seasons of racing at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. Unbelievable pro late models. They're going to do 118 laps. Very fitting for the season opener. Limited late street stocks are there. Uh, obviously, it's it's a staple racetrack. All-American 400 will be there later this year. Uh, always one of my favorites to watch and certainly uh, excited for them to kick off their season. Kyle, we also have CRA late model sportsmen kicking off their part 11 or their part of the 11th annual CRA Cabin Fever Championship Shady Bowl. I've never been there, but heard it's pretty Neither awesome. Neither have I. Yeah, no, I... Again, a lot of these racetracks, I'm like, man, I gotta, I'm making my bucket list. And Stafford's number one. Don't worry. Uh, three-time defending champ Billy Houston topping that CRA regular list on the entry list. So that should be fun. And we got a lot of weekly racing. Kyle Florence's late model stocks and eight other divisions. Hickory Twin late model stock forties. Carolina Pro late models are there. You got a lot to choose from. But clearly, I think I know where our focus is going to be, <laughs> and that's Friday. And you're night. gonna have 
you're going to even have more to choose from here when we get to, you know, April and, and May. I feel like uh, NASCAR, along with, with Flow Sports, you know, there's a, they're, they're announcing a new track to the lineup, the weekly lineup, about every other day. Uh, you know, South Boston, Langley, I think Berlin Speedway is going to be a yep. part of that program this year. And our, our friend and, and co-worker, uh, Jeff Striegel, uh, managing that racetrack once again in 2022. They're getting ready for their icebreaker event in a couple of weeks. Uh, so a lot of options on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights to choose from. And, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a great season of short track racing. And I can't wait to see how this new partnership with flow, uh, pans out with a lot of these short tracks, bringing a lot of interest from around the country to other parts of the country, to fans sure. that can't get to these, these race tracks like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's been a blessing to be able to tune in every night and there's always something, you know, and and if it's not live, it's taped on flow. You can go on there and watch the replays. You can watch the interviews. And uh, it certainly made me more of a short track pavement fan coming from the dirt side. So really appreciated the flow to open their doors and to bring NASCAR into its platform. So Kyle, enjoy your weekend, my friend. Uh, I, I heard the lawnmower earlier as we documented. So maybe you get out and do some lawn work, go help them out, offer some beverages I know it's a little cold, but I mean they could still use you know use some help. Now we pay for that. He's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll let him do his job. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, enjoy the racing, and uh, can't wait to catch up and talk everything modifieds and all that good stuff next week. Be at Thompson this weekend. Weather so far looks good. No rain. About uh, 55, 60 degrees, and this time of year we'll take it. Well, I don't want to rub it in, but I'll be in Tampa this weekend for my bachelor party, and it'll be 85 degrees. So. Take that. But there's yeah, no but racing, have, though. I know. I was going to say, you won't have past super late models I and, and modified. But so. I will be locked in, though, on my phone or on the computer all weekend long to the all, all the action. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the other boys you're going to be with are, would appre- we're going to appreciate that. Well, tough. It's my bachelor party. I can do what I want. So. <laughs> there you go. For Kyle Ricky, I'm Chris Wilner. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. We hope you have a great weekend of racing, whatever you tune in to watch, and we'll recap it all next week. We'll see you later. Did you enjoy today's show? If so, subscribe right now to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch all NASCAR Roots action, including Wheel and Modified Tour, Arca Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.